everybody. Welcome into the latest edition of the Postcast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I'm Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune, and I'm joined by my reliable sidekick on his reliable phone up in Casper, Brady Oltmans, our Wild Varsity Preps writer. Brady, word. Yeah, I've, I'm perfectly fine with being the reliable sidekick. I am, I'm... Yeah, that that sounds good. That really does kind of fit. I mean, it's yeah, it's better than the alternative. It really is. I mean, there are times where I'd like to be the villain, but in reality, I'm just I'm perfectly fine being the happy little sidekick. Yeah, I'm just trying to come up with different ways to introduce you. <laughs> you know, try to try to freshen it up, not keep it so stagnant. You know. Yeah. Fresh, you know, liven it up a little bit. But, uh, Brady, it's it's game week. Um, not for Wyoming, but it is officially game week for college football. we got a couple of games here that will be played on Saturday as part of week zero, uh, which Wyoming knows about since they played during, you know, at New Mexico State in week zero last year. But um, we're officially now two week, less than two weeks away from Wyoming's opener uh, against Missouri at War Memorial Stadium on August 31st. So we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, fall camp. Uh, Wyoming is entering the last week of fall camp uh, before they uh, start game week prep. And um, they held their first scrimmage. I don't know if it's going to be the only scrimmage that they do. They may do one next weekend, but um, held a scrimmage that was closed to the media and the public over the weekends. Um, and our next media availability will be Monday uh, with Craig Bowl and the players, which by the time most of you listen to this will be today as we're recording this on Sunday. So um, that'll be our next chance to, to talk to them uh, just about and see what information they're willing to give us about the scrimmage. Uh, I, I was debating whether we should just wait until uh, after we talk to them on Monday to – uh, record this podcast to, and that way to, we maybe come on here and, and talk about what they had said but um, first of all I don't know if we didn't record today I don't know if we would have recorded one this week just with how packed our schedules are right now but more importantly if I'd come on here and talk about everything that uh, they said um, then that wouldn't give anybody any incentive to uh Check out our coverage, uh, trib.com and pokestory.com. So, um, as I said, we'll, we'll talk to them on Monday and see, ask them about the scrimmage and see what they say or what they're willing to say about it. Um, and so make sure you guys continue to check out uh, trib.com and pokesauthority.com for uh, all of that coverage come Monday and then throughout the rest of the week as Wyoming starts to finalize some spots on the depth chart if they haven't already. Um for any of our subscribers or listeners who have kept up with our coverage um, at trib.com, pokestory.com, they know that you know they are getting very close to making some depth chart decisions, uh, particularly at punter and at free safety and uh, left guard. Those are the primary um, spots that are still um, open to competition, uh, but then even further down the depth chart. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Craig Bull, uh, or if they announced the roster, a uh, depth chart on Monday, or if Craig Bull just uh, announced some some of the decisions that he made himself, but uh, almost certainly it'll be 
that'll be finalized uh, at some point this week. So um, that's kind of where they are with that. I know, I know they, they've pretty much got a good idea of, of who's going to be able to help them this year and what that depth chart is going to look like. Uh, but I know they wanted to wait and, you know, have that um, extended scrimmage over the weekend to kind of uh, confirm kind of what, what they were thinking. Um, so that's kind of where they are with that. But, Brady, the biggest news um, since we last ha- recorded a podcast last week is um, the loss of Ravante Holt, the starting defensive tackle um, who is lost for the season with a torn ACL. Um, and we knew something was going on just because last Friday was the first day he had not participated in practice and he was watching from the sideline and um, everybody kind of wondered what was going on. And then um, once we got to talk to Craig again at the beginning of last week, you know, he confirmed that he had torn his ACL. So a thin interior of their defensive line gets even thinner. Um, because even with Ravante in there, um, you know, we, we talked about this. The, the, the most pressing concerns in terms of their depth are along the line of scrimmage, on the offensive and defensive lines, and particularly on the interior of their defensive line because um, – you know, they had him and Javari Jackson, and then behind him, even with them both healthy, their third guy is Mario Mora, who's a redshirt freshman who has never taken a snap. And um, you also have Victor Jones in there, who played a lot last year as a freshman. Um, but now with, with Ravante out of the picture for this season, uh, all those guys obviously get bumped up. You know, Mario is now at the top of the depth chart with Victor sort of being their, their third guy in that rotation right now. And they want to play four guys in the interior. And they are looking at um, a couple of redshirt freshmen for that uh, fourth spot, including a walk-on um, and Claude Cole, uh, who's gotten a lot of uh, praise for the way he's uh, performed during camp. But um, him and uh, Cole Goodbo are kind of the, the, the guys that are that are in there. So... Um, not a lot of depth to begin with, and even at the spots they do have some depth, there's there's just not a whole lot of experience. So, um, obviously, a big blow, and um, you know something that or a position where they really they were going to need some of those young guys to you know develop quick, but now they need them to come along at warp speed. Yeah, it. I don't know. That was they. They tend to like most teams, I guess. They tend to have a couple injuries every once in a while that'll kind of really knock you back on your heels a little bit and make you think, all right, well, this is, they're really going to have to circle the wagons or they're really going to have to do something about that. Like Josh Harshman last year was that for me. I remember him getting hurt early in the season. It was like, well, that's, that sucks. That's, um, that's a big hit that really kind of affects their potential. So this is, one of those early season you hope it's the only one but it's one of those early season injuries that's just yeah. kind of like all right that's a big weapon or that's a big missed um that's the potential has been lost at least for in that small way um so that that sucks and that's going to be obvi- but it's obviously next man up and that's something that Craig Bull and his staff are obviously looking at and uh, and uh, and the people playing below him on the depth chart are pr- 
probably very excited that this they get the opportunity to prove themselves and that they could play, you know, some college ball. But with at this yeah. point, I don't know. I could I'm sure you and I could both kind of go to town on why everything is closed to media and um why if you're going to have a scrimmage like what's it's just like a closed door nobody can nobody knows what's going on kind of thing but it's but with the limited amount that you are able to see the we don't get a like see the encouraging signs or the big encouraging practices or scrimmages that some of these next guys up have we have to take people's word for it which is kind of a not really how the the job works and b it's we can't really say with confidence so it it does sound a little bit more or it is a little bit more pessimistic than it otherwise might be because li- like we can hear more encouragements than you know discouraging signs but then when an injury like this happens uh, like Cravante Holtz it's it's just kind of you don't get to offset that with the promise of the young guys until or see them play until the season opener, which at that yeah. point it's, I mean, at that point it's just off to the races basically. So that's, that's a ra- that's my roundabout way of saying that these guys need to, in, in short order, these guys need a lot of maturing and need to get a lot of work done before Missouri comes to town. Because at that point, if they haven't stepped up by then, then it's going to be too late. Right. Yeah, we, and we talked we talked about that last week too. The fact that it, it is hard to sit here and give, um, you know, a thorough evaluation or more of a um, honest assessment of what you're seeing because we just don't see that much. Again, they only open the first thirty minutes of practice to us, um, and that's usually just stretching and individual drills, and then none of their scrimmages are open, which. Um, you know, I don't necessarily understand that either because they're they're worried about uh, people taking pictures or video of like formations, and we can't do that anyway uh, when we watch regular practice. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what that's about either. But uh, you don't need to see them uh, perform to know what they have on their depth chart. And with Ravante out now, you you only have three interior defensive linemen that have any game experience left on the roster. Now Josiah Hall, who's you know starting at defensive end this season he he has he's played some defensive tackle before um but Craig Bowles said that they don't have any plans as of now to to work him at on the interior um again Mario Mora uh mentioned him he's he's a redshirt freshman who's gonna be thrown into the fire this year and uh, you know whether he's he's ready or not um you know he, he's gotten some high praise and, and he does it a little bit different um than Ravante did because Ravante was a, a bigger guy around about 275, 280 pounds um, that, you know, could use uh, a lot of power to his game. And Mario's a different sort of player. I mean, he's he's about 265 pounds right now and, and, and gets rave reviews for how, how quick he is off the ball. And um, he's going to need to do that because now he's stepping into a more prominent role and, you know, as a starter that they're depending on now this season, you know, with a, a little a lighter frame, um, you know, he, he's going to have to use some of that quickness um, and agility to his advantage 
um, so that he just doesn't get pounded on all year. You know, at that weight, you know, 260, 265 around there, you you wonder, especially for a player who's going through their first full college football season, if, if you know, he's going to wear down and be able to make it all the way through the year. Um, you know, there's been no talk or any concern, you know, from what we're hearing from coaches that that, 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 that is a concern. But you do worry about that with a, with a smaller interior defensive lineman, um, and and another, I think another loss too is there's been a lot of talk during camp about how Re- they felt like Ravante was going to be able to really help their pass rush from the interior because that was a that was an area they struggled in last year. I think they only had uh, 19 sacks last year, which is the fourth fewest in the Mountain West. Um, they really took a step back in that in that area last year, and there's not a whole lot of proven pass rushers on this roster. And uh, you know you still have Garrett, Garrett Crawl. Um, who led them with in sacks last year, but he only had four and a half. So um, the bar wasn't set very high in that regard last year. So that's that's another area of concern. And so no matter which way you slice it, uh, when you're talking about talent um, or, or a depth issue, I mean, it, it's a big loss for them. Um, but as far as some of the position battles that are still going on, um, yeah, I, I think Ryan Galvich is going to be their punter against Missouri. Barring some sort of quick heel in these next two weeks on Tim Zaleski's part, because he's still, um, you know, having some nagging pain, nagging issues with that repaired ACL uh, in his uh, plant leg. Um, you know, t- Craig Bowles said last week that he, he's looked a little bit better, but it's not consistent. You know, he feels good one day, the next day he's he's still dealing with pain and wincing and I just I don't think there's there's enough confidence you know in that in that knee right now for them to put him out there on a full-time basis so uh I mean we'll see what happens these next two weeks um you know I'll be interested to see if he even scrimmaged on Saturday just with them trying to get him back fully healthy but um I would expect Ryan Galvich to to uh, start uh, against Missouri and be their punter for that game at least, unless you know they decide to move Dante Crow back there and go with maybe the more rugby style punt and maybe get some more distance. I don't know. That might be something we ask Craig about this week um, if if Tim's still uh, struggling. But um, that would be my guess at that position right now. Um, left guard spot. There's still a competition between Erica Boise and Patrick Arnold. Um, you know. Bart Miller, the new offensive line coach, said that uh, Patrick had been playing, taking most of the first-team reps in, in the team periods. Um, I would still expect Eric to start um, just because he has, he has a little bit more experience. Um, but, you know, I think that's one that could go either way. And then free safety is still a bit of, of a concern because Braden Smith is still dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, I think he made progress last week. I think he, he said he was felt about 90% back. Um and so I think if he's healthy, he'll start, um, you know, against Missouri at that spot. But don't be surprised if you see Rome Weber out there uh, with the defense taking the first snap uh, of the season. Because, I, I, again, since we didn't get to see the scrimmage, I obviously don't know who they might have held out. And I have to think um, that they might have held Braden out of that scrimmage because Craig did say uh, toward the end of last week in one of our last media availabilities that – they were still deciding whether they would play Braden in the scrimmage or not, just to kind of get him back full strength. And I think at this point, they kind of know what they have in him and think they want to get him back to 100% and make sure he's at 100% or try to at least for that Missouri game. Um, but, you know, if he's not, I think I think that 
but who gets the start there is totally dependent on whether Braden Smith is fully healthy or not. So I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to see Rome Weber out there, um, the redshirt freshman, um, at least for the first uh, snap or the first series of that game. But, um, you know, talking to, to Craig and, and defensive coordinator Jake Bickert, that's going to be a position where they rotate. I mean, essentially they're going to have a starter there in name only because, I mean, somebody has to run out there to take the first snap. But um, they're going to rotate – uh, Braden and, and Rome and even another freshman, uh, Cam Murray, at that position uh, sounds like pretty frequently because they're again they're not going to ask you know one guy to play 85 snaps a game like Marcus Epps did last year. I mean they're just not that far along at that position now where they can do that. So um, yeah, I think that's I, those are my thoughts on how I think some of those position battles are going to play out. Yeah, well. That's going to be really interesting, and that's all the more reason why we would sure love to cover scrimmages and get like a live, as as close to an in-game look at them that we can get before the season opener. But that's not the world we live in, man. So, hey, they, they don't they don't care about us getting a live look at them. They just want to make sure they get a live look at them. They, they don't care about us. Well, we're just fine. Yeah, but. yeah, that's part of the rub, I guess. But, um, yeah. but. I guess that makes it um, all the more reason um, to be excited about um, less than two weeks away and the kickoff. So a lot of a lot of things we'll find out for sure then, but we won't really have we won't really know for sure until then. Yeah, yeah, and that's a whole access uh, conversation is one for another day, Brady. But. Uh, Again, we will. Yeah, yeah. People, people don't want to hear my rub about that. <laughs> I think everybody's got a rub with that to an extent. Uh, but yeah, as we mentioned earlier, our next media availability with Craig and players will be Monday morning after their practice. Um, so continue to check out trib.com and pokesauthority.com for uh, coverage from what they have to say uh, on Monday afternoon, and then uh, the rest of the week. Uh, as they get one week closer uh, to their opener against Missouri. Brady, we'll uh, take a break there, and when we come back, we will talk about some of these Week Zero games and see who you like in some of these games. some predictions at least i am i don't know brady if you want to chime in and give your predictions on some of this but it is like we mentioned game week week zero a couple games football season's here might as well talk about them so uh i knew 
Miami and Florida were playing in a neutral site game there, uh, the Camping World kickoff that they have every year down in Orlando. Uh, but I didn't realize this until I just pulled up the schedule on an ESPN. Um, and I don't know if there are any other games besides this. This is the only two that were on the schedule that I saw on ESPN. So, But uh, Arizona goes to Hawaii which I think is going to be an interesting game. Uh, so let's just start with that one, since that is uh, might interest some uh, Wyoming fans or just f- Mountain West football fans in general, since uh, it does include a Mountain West team. But I like Hawaii in this game um, only because it's on the island. And if it, if it were Arizona, I would pick Arizona. I love Khalil Tate. Khalil Tate is Arizona's quarterback who, before he got hurt last year, was dynamic and almost a one-man wrecking crew for them. Um, I'm not the biggest Kevin Sumlin fan um, in terms of just coaching um, because, you know, everybody knows that he was at A&M before he came to Arizona was essentially fired um, for underperforming and doing – I mean, considering the talent – that he had on that roster, um, you know, with all the four- and five-star recruits that are in Texas. And, you know, even with Baylor in Texas and TCU, I mean, there's pl- plenty of leftover talent there that, that they signed at Texas a while he was there and don't have to look any further than Johnny Manziel, obviously. And, um, yeah, they still lost four games one season when Johnny football was there. And which baffled me, like, how in the world can you lose four games with Johnny Manziel at quarterback? Uh, the college version of Johnny Manziel, anyway, who was obviously the Heisman Trophy winner uh, one year. So, um, yeah, not I, I don't – I have – I'm voting in the AP Top 25 poll. Um, spoiler alert for anybody out there. And I actually do have Arizona in my Top 25 uh, preseason poll. But – that's only because of Khalil Tate. Khalil Tate is really, really good, but, um, you know, Hawaii's got a pretty good quarterback uh, themselves and Cole McDonald, who you could make an argu- probably make an argument between him and Jordan Love, like who's the best quarterback in the Mountain West. I think it's Jordan Love. Uh, but, you know, Cole McDonald fits into that system. He, you know, he's going to put up a bunch of stats, passing yards. And- hold, on. hold on. Did you just did you say old McDonald? Cole. His name is Cole. C-O-L-E. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I thought I heard Old McDonald. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that got me pretty good. All right, continue. Sorry. I, I could see. It, that's an easy mistake. If you didn't hear the C on the beginning. But, yeah, it, it is Cole McDonald. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Old McDonald had a football team. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think. It's just, you know going out to the islands always tricky, man. You know with the logistics and the travel, and they just they always they always play really well. But I'll be surprised if that game's not a shootout. I mean, Brett, looking at you know forty five, forty two, or something like that. Yeah, would be my guess. Yeah, no, um, I'm really interested in this one. It's like you said, it's. Oh, man, I'm I'm excited to see what Arizona looks like now that they're back to, how would you say, full strength, I guess. Um, and so they, they should be pretty exciting this year, honestly. 
Um, but well, Khalil Tate should be exciting. I don't know. Right, the right. That's but that's really all you need, um, at least from a, 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 a viewer's perspective. I couldn't care less about Arizona yeah. football, but if he's if if he's <laughs> healthy and at quarterback, I might turn that game on. You know, um, especially right. against Hawaii, yeah. which. It's always kind of interesting and fun to see how Mountain West teams fare in the non-conference. Um, and a win over Arizona for Hawaii would be a big deal. If they can, um, if they can scheme against Tate, then that's going to be a pretty impressive feat um, and possibly an intriguing thing for Hawaii go- going down the road. Having said that, another reason why I'm excited for that one is because the over-under is set at 70 and a half. <laughs> and over, over, way, way over, give me way over. <laughs> so, I'm I'm really looking forward to winning some money off of that one. Um, Where did you see that? Where did you see that? <laughs> uh, but be, and then okay. I don't know. Part of me is kind of I'm going to watch the Miami and Florida game because it's it's on. It's going to be the only college football game on at that time slot. It's kind of a late afternoon early evening kickoff and five yeah o'clock. five o'clock so it's just like Mountain it's yeah. and it's it maybe it's just for the prestige or the history of it i mean two historically good programs but florida was a lot better last year and honestly miami could be halfway decent this year so that one i w- i wouldn't read yeah. too much into whatever happens on saturday but um it could it a win there by either team, any team really, between Miami and Florida or Arizona and Hawaii, a win right there on Saturday um, is a pretty good starting point for Week Zero for these guys. Um, I would go in FCS, but I don't want to. No, <laughs> no, I don't either. We're not, we're not, we're not going there, boss. I mean, you you put a Miac game on, man, and I'm just all all about it. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But is me? Yeah, the the MEAC, uh, the Mid Eastern Atlantic Conference. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were FBS. Um, is that not an FBS conference? No. Well, in I, I mean, in basketball it is, but in FCS, no, because like the MEAC is where like um, who's the who's the what's it's um, that's like where um. Um, like yeah, Florida A and M is in that one, in like Morgan State and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, we won't we won't get into like FCS where where Vanilla or Villanova and Colgate um, should be a really good <laughs> game, and then um, Youngstown State the yeah, the fighting Bo Pelinis against um, Sam Houston State um, for an er- for an early after for a one p.m. kickoff on ESPN if y'all are interested. Uh, we don't have to get into either of those games, but um, I don't know, man. Well, hey, Nebraska fans are very fond of Bo Pelini. Look, man, I was a Bo Pelini apologist back in my time. I mean, yeah, he like wasn't the friendliest dude, probably, but I mean, the, they won nine games every year. Yeah, they did. I, I never, I'll never understood why they pushed him out in favor of Mike Riley because. Uh, uh, no, 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 oh, do you mean super nice guy, Mike Riley? Just class act, Mike Riley. Uh, Nicest guy. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 
Because that, that's why they pay millions of dollars to be a really nice guy. Well, that's why a certain athletic director who is no longer there um, and has since been fired. <laughs> it's like, you can say you can say his name. It's fine. You can put him on blast. Uh, I'm trying to be a better person right now. I'm, I mean, <laughs> the Lord's testing me right now. I tell you, we're we're getting going, and <laughs> heaven help me. I'm gonna have to you know count to ten and, and apologize, but. Um, Okay, let's let, let's not get your, let's not get your <laughs> let's get this convo conversation back on track. Uh, yeah, I well the Florida Miami game, F- Florida's quarterback situation is a lot more stable than Miami's. Like all I saw on Twitter last week, I don't even know who they named the starter. All I saw on Twitter was that uh, Tate Martell, the Ohio State transfer, was not named the starter at Miami. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I, I, like I said, I don't even know who, who the starter is, but um, you know, a lot of people, you know, with just him coming from Ohio State, they expected Tate Martell to uh, win that job, and now he has it. And I saw a report the other day that he's actually considering moving to wide receiver <laughs> to get on the field. So I don't know, man. That, that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But uh, not only Florida's quarterback situation being more stable, but. Dan Mullins, their coach, and I have said it once, if I've said it a thousand times, Florida's about to take off under Dan Mullen. I think he's been the second best uh, coach in the SEC for a while. Um, you know, you might you know, throw Kirby Smart in that conversation just with what he's done the last three or four years at Georgia since he took over, but he also inherited a lot better situation uh, at Georgia than what Dan Mullen took over at Florida um, a year ago, but you know, the guy yeah. can develop quarterbacks. That's that's been his mo since he was, uh, you know, Urban Meyer's offensive coordinator back in the Utah days. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get it going, and they're I mean they're already preseason top ten. I expect that team to to be a perennial top ten team under Dan Mullen. Um, so yeah, I, I think Florida is gonna win that game rather easily. I mean, it may not be the prettiest game, you know, with the season opener and everybody sort of working out some kinks, but I. I'd be surprised if Florida didn't win that game by double digits. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, typically, I I don't like preseason rankings. I just don't get it. Um, but having said that, yeah. Florida, yeah, Florida's, Florida's going to be legit. And they're, again, I, the rivalry might keep it a little bit closer. Maybe it's the season opener, so that might keep it a little bit closer than it otherwise would be if they played in, say, like October or something, but yeah, I mean, yeah. games are played on the field. We all know this, but on paper, Florida looks like they're they should win by multiple touchdowns. Uh, all right, so I got I got Florida and Hawaii. You, you got predictions? Um, oh man, I'm I know I'm going to take Arizona over Hawaii. Um, okay, I, uh, yeah, I know I got that one, and I'll probably go with Florida as well. Um. And then obviously I go Youngstown State and uh, Colgate in those FCS games that we're not going to talk about. So well, they just sit out there brushing each other's teeth. Well, if look, all I'm trying to say is that we could go we could go hard in depth on like an FCS podcast, man. I'm telling you. Um, yeah. And especially come around November time when. Alabama's playing one of them instead of you know, um, of <coughs> an actual opponent oh, in the oh week before God. LSU. But they're not using it as an extra bye week. Sorry, we already went in on that. 
Um, yeah, let's not. All right, all right. Let's. We're, <laughs> we're not going down that road again, man. All right. But yeah, no. Uh, uh, I, I I hope they're all good games, but and it's been really if on it, it, a little bit of fall in the air outside helps. I'm a little scared that that means that winter is like right around the corner and we're going to get snowed in in late September, early October. But yeah. it feels like football weather out right now. And with games less than a week away, uh, man, it just feels like football season again. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm going to listen to Joyce yeah. Manor again because that's my football go-to. So, Yeah, well, hey, I'm, I'm here for every single bit of it. The colder the weather, the better. But, Brady, we can go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, continue to check out Trib.com. And postauthority.com um, throughout the week and throughout the next two weeks leading up to um, Wyoming's opener against Missouri. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Pokes Authority and at Wild Varsity. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter and also follow Brady on the Twitter machine at Brady Oltmans. This podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. So be sure to download it, like it, share it, give us that five-star rating. Uh, we will come back next week. And part of that podcast, Brady, I'm thinking we will um, give some predictions on Wyoming's season. Because it will be game week and maybe break down uh, some of their games and give a prediction on a, on a, on a record and how we, we think they uh, will fare this season. Um So, again, appreciate you, Brady, coming on and talking with me. Appreciate all of you guys for listening, and we will catch up with you again next week.